Hello, and welcome to Embolden, Living a Bold Christian Life. I'm Chris Shetter, an ordinary Christian living with and learning about an extraordinary God. This week's Jesus Mindset trait is the loving friend. Charles Spurgeon once said, We therefore desire to copy his character and put our feet into his footprints. Be it ours to follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. What saith our Lord himself? Follow me. And again, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Not Christ's apostle, but Christ himself is our guide. We may not take a secondary model, but must imitate Jesus himself. And our verse today is John 15, 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Many years ago, I had the benefit of listening to a sermon series on our progression as a disciple of Christ. I've heard many pastors say there's too many of us Christians who seem to be stuck at the beginning of that progression and aren't fully living the life Christ wants for us. It may even come as a surprise to some that there is an expected progression in our faith lives. We assume that once we accepted Jesus as our Savior, we're done. We are able to check off that box on the questionnaire asking what our faith is. Christian. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, But we have the mind of Christ. We've all probably heard that verse a few times in our Christian lives, but reading the entire chapter reveals something even more. The progression. It goes on to say, When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Apostle Paul himself explains that when he first came to the people of Corinth, he came with the first step in the progression, the message of Jesus's love for us, that he died for us, he rose again for us. And then Paul goes on to say, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. The mature. Who among your faith group would you deem mature in their faith? Who among them would you deem a baby Christian? And where do you count yourself? Now, this is not asked in judgment, because all who are saved are equally loved by God. But you can probably tell the difference between people who are further along in their faith progression than those that aren't. And it has nothing to do with age. The sign of a maturing Christian is that they've received the gift and have actually 
open the box and are using that gift. So what is this progression? In that sermon series I mentioned, these steps were defined as one, a believer, outlined in Mark 9.23, the follower, step two, Luke 9.23, the apprentice, Ephesians 4.14, and the learner, Philippians 4.9. Jesus himself shows us this progression as he lived out those three world-changing years. He lived out step one, the loving and faithful friend. Step three, the obedient servant. Step four, the courageous warrior. Step five, the wise counselor. And step six, the patient teacher. Throughout this series, The Jesus Mindset, we'll meet people, some famous and some very ordinary, who exemplify the different steps in the faith journey. And it is only to correct to start at the first step. Lest we think we have step one down pat, I should warn you that so many Christians remain in step one because of the difficult truths and expectations presented. It is the message we hear over and over in our churches. It's the first and the last message Christ has for us, which makes it the most important of all. John 15, 9, he says, As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. When I was researching various pastors who make love and friendship a cornerstone of their message, I realized I had an old friend already in my midst, waiting to talk to me again. As I perused through my Christian books, I stopped on the book How Happiness Happens by Max Lucado. And Pastor Lucado probably needs no introduction. He's an internationally known pastor. He's an author, speaker, and so much more. He's written too many books and articles to count, and the theme throughout is love. How to accept Christ's love. How to show love, not just to our friends, but to complete strangers. He reminds us that Jesus is our loving and faithful friend and wants us to model that character trait to everyone we meet. When you read about Pastor Lucado, you see his lifelong mission is to set solidly in our hearts the message of God's love for us. He shows us how to translate that gift to others. Max Lucado once said on his leadership style, I'm a pastor. I can sit down with somebody who has a broken heart and love them and encourage them and remind them of how God cares. But I struggle when I look at a budget or I struggle when somebody says, well, what's the long-term strategy for our church? Well, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Let's love God, preach Jesus, and just pray. And so much of what Pastor Lucado speaks of is, seems simple, and yet I find myself day in and day out forgetting to live out those simple messages. In How Happiness Happens, he says, greet one another for your sake. Isn't that funny? He says, your sake. Experience the joy of showing people they matter. Greet each, each other for their sake. What is small to you may be huge to them. Most of all, greet each other for Jesus' sake. I mean, how often do we go through an entire day and find ourselves never having truly connected with another human being? 
I love this quote also from that book. It says, listen, listen intently and praise abundantly. Because isn't that what Jesus did throughout his ministry? You can only imagine how the woman at the well in John 4 said, felt when Jesus was with her. He wasn't looking over her shoulder at a bird or a cute dog while he spoke. she spoke. He wasn't thinking about the next town he was to visit or his next meal. He saw her. He listened to her. He loved her even when she pushed him away. It's definitely easier to live out the Jesus mindset of being a loving and faithful friend with people we choose to be around. We pick our friends and we even pick who in our family we spend more time with. We are deliberate with whom we ask to go to lunch at, at work. But Jesus loved the unlovable. He touched the untouchable. On this, Max Lucado says, you wonder why God doesn't remove the enemies in your life? Perhaps because he wants you to love like he loves. Anyone can love a friend, but only a few can love an enemy. Isn't this where so many of us get stuck? We count ourselves good people or good Christians, and yet we harbor at best unforgiveness and at worst hatred for people. I grew up in a household where unforgiveness and hatred ran deep. I had a parent who to be honest, judged harshly and never forgave. People and places got etched into stone on the list. That was my touchstone and my guidebook. So when I started hearing the message of God's love, faithfulness, and forgiveness, it was frankly difficult to accept. The first step was to believe God felt that way toward me. And to be honest, I find myself frequently falling backward in not returning those gifts to others. The lessons and examples from Pastor Lucado are great everyday reminders on living out Jesus's request of us to love one another. He says, God is love, as it says in 1 John 4, 16. One word into the passage reveals the supreme surprise of God's love. It has nothing to do with you. Some people love you because of you, not God. He loves you because he is he. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you agree that most of the people in your life love you because of who you are to them? A daughter, a son, a wife, or a husband, a longtime friend with similar interests, and so on? We may even find ourselves saying we love a person who is related to us, but we don't like them very much. It's all so conditional. But God loves us because he is love. Let's not gloss over that. Take a moment to really let it sink in. He is the definition of love. Like a cloud of love envelops us and snuggles us wherever we go. I saw a picture the other day of a woman at the store who had created a contraption designed to keep people six feet away from her. It involved a hula hoop, some straps, a bunch of signs, warning reflectors, and a bunch more gadgets. When I saw this, I thought, that's the exact opposite message of Jesus. His cloud of love surrounding us is more like a fog bank. 
It pulls others in and it seeps into everything and it quiets the world around us. Today, when you go out into the world, picture your God cloud swirling around you. It's beautiful and inviting. It's little tendrils reach out and wrap around others you meet. Invite them in with a smile, a greeting, a shrug of forgiveness. And with each act of love, we do a little bit of cloud seeding, leaving a piece of Jesus to grow. Have a great day. I'd love to hear from you and find out more about how you are living out your bold Christian life. You can find me on Instagram at embolden minus the O or at my blog at embolden.net.